Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So they got a running street battle going on in Beirut, Lebanon, and I saw at least one uh, outlet reporting that the country is uh, tottering on the edge of collapse, so... I'm sorry, I just tuned in. Is this a rerun from 1983? Right. Uh, I don't know what a collapse of Lebanon would look like or what that would do. I'll have to uh, look into that further, but that's what's going on currently. Well, it's a beautiful example of tribal politics and ethnic politics and that sort of thing for sure in that part of the world. It's a shame, too, because it's a beautiful place, uh, Beirut, when it's not all shooty and bomby and such. So this is going to be a multi-faceted, multi-stage, extended report for you on the state of the supply chain, the economy, etc. This is probably where we win our Marconi. Oh, awesome. uh, Be grateful that you're here as this unfolds. Obviously, Be grateful that you're here. Well, you you get to say it. It's uh, you know like you're there for the Hindenburg. Well, that was a disaster. So that was probably a bad example. Anyway, you're here. You could say you were here then. It's like okay. It was like the Beatles playing Ed Sullivan. You could say you were there in the audience, wetting your pants while the Fab Four did their thing. Gotcha. Anyway. So, obviously, the supply chain is screwed up. Uh, inflation is skyrocketing. Goods, services, workers, all in short supply. And the explanations for it range from the utterly disingenuous to the pretty reasonable and interesting. And we're going to do some of each. First of all, our ancient president attempts to address the situation in clip 30. Never again should our country and our economy be unable to make critical products we need because we don't have access to materials to make that product. Never again should we have to rely too heavily on one company or one country or one person in the world, particularly when countries don't share our values when it comes to labor and environmental standards. I agree with that. Well, yeah, there was a lot there to agree with. There was also some stunning hypocrisy. Um, and it's kind of the standard issue from the left. You you get uh, industries, mining, uh, oil production, whatever, banned in the United States and merely ship it overseas to a nation that has much lower standards, much lower regulations, much greater impact on the environment. And yet they, they strut around self-satisfiedly as if they've done something wonderful. Meanwhile, we've got to beg OPEC for oil. Yeah, a smart country would have come would come out of the pandemic. And lately we haven't been that smart. Um, but a smart country would come out of this pandemic and have realized that, oh, my gosh, so it turns out so many of our medicines are made in other countries or uh, the test kits or the, uh, the the computer chips or, you know, oil, as you're just talking about, name your thing. And, and, and we would recognize w- without having been destroyed this time that we've got to get all this stuff in house somehow so that, you know, come war with China or whatever giant crisis comes down the road, we're not bent over so badly. Right. So his words were great. His actions uh, belie his words. But, uh, Michael, just give us 3132 uh, back to back. Wait wait till you hear how this ends up. Because, again, so far so good in terms of the message. I've said before, we're in in the competition for the 21st century. We are America. We still have the most productive workers and most innovative minds in the world. But the rest of the world is closing in. And we risk losing our edge if we don't step up. In order to be globally competitive, we need to improve our capacity to make things here in America 
while also moving finished products across the country and around the world. We need to think big and bold. So far, so good. That's why I'm pushing for a once-in-a-generation investment in our infrastructure and our people with my infrastructure bill and my Build Back Better Act. And, uh, and, and oh. which, uh, which is why I want to raise taxes on corporations, is the part that I heard there in the middle. We need to be able to compete in the world and have all these companies do it here in America, and that's why I propose raising corporate taxes. Bingo. What? <laughs> Skyrocketing tax rates and enormous socialized spending that will raise future tax rates in our Build Back Better plan. Making it so difficult for a corporation to do well in the United States that they'll want to do it uh, somewhere else. And, and and richly reward non-labor so we can have even more unfilled jobs in this country. So again, the word's fine, but then he ends it by pushing his Build Back Better debacle. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, back on Earth, in the real world, William Lodge of Fox News is reporting on the dire situation at two of the most important ports in the world, Los Angeles and Long Beach. Um, they're especially important because, as you know, most of our manufactured goods come from China or Vietnam, in short, Asia. Uh, clip 41, Michael. The backup of ships in uh, in the ocean waiting to be to, to unloaded is really because they don't have the drivers to uh, to uh, take off the the goods. Fifty eight ships are anchored off the ports of L.A. and Long Beach, waiting weeks to offload their cargo. Part of the president's solution is adding another shift of longshoremen and opening the ports to truckers from three to seven a.m. When you consider the supply chain, it's a system of systems, and the only way you're going to see efficiencies and fluidity across the system is if every segment of supply chain realigns and we're taking the first step you know again some good stuff there extended hours obviously called for but i've become aware through some fabulous emails from some great folks you can email us anytime if you have a perspective you want to share mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com keep it short it or at least somewhat short there are a couple of factors going on that I'm surprised William Longinus didn't touch on, including California's disastrous AB5, which sought to eliminate gig work, uh, eliminated independent contractors to a large extent, try to make everybody from a burger flipper to a truck driver unionized. And as we warned, its true effect has been to really choke off a lot of independent work. And, you know, some of the reason we talk about California stuff to a national show is that you need to be warned about how this stuff actually ends up because there's somebody pushing it in your state house right now. So anyway, I uh, got this note from, uh, we'll just say, uh, Alan Aileen Anonymous, um, who sent along an article about Assembly Bill 5 in California and how it would affect independent truckers. And uh, they write, I believe the stupid law is at the heart of what's happening at the port of Long Beach in L.A. There are tons of articles on this subject. Uh, the law is directly related to the backup in the California ports right now, but it seems no one's caught on yet. Uh, the law going after the gig economy has been so destructive mm. to California entrepreneurs. Um, and then they go into a bunch of different examples. But uh, switching over to the... Um, so this is the uh, Association of Independent Truckers essentially put out this guide about AB5. And they say it's a California law that restricts businesses from classifying workers as independent contractors rather than employees. It goes into the tests, the, the three-pronged test, whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. And because of the nature of trucking, you can't be an independent trucker who primarily works with one 
broker or one company. And that was the backbone of the industry. And they go into the fact, well, I'll, I'll cut to the chase here. So here are your options as an independent trucker. They say to their own people. This is not a political editorial. This is an instruction manual to their, their members and associates. Option one, move out of California. Option two, get your own operating authority and drive for the trucking company's brokerage division. This will significantly increase your costs, your administrative responsibilities, and your compliance responsibilities. Option three, become an employee if they'll have you. Option four, deadhead out of California so you can deliver loads into the state, but you can't take loads out by law because Lorena Gonzalez or whatever her name is in the California Assembly wants to eliminate all non-unionized workers. Or option five, end your relationship with the carrier. So when you hear over and over again that there's a terrible trucker shortage, they're mostly talking about California because of its importance for imports, and it's hugely because of the disastrous AB5. Policy has consequences, and now you're paying more. Oh, oh! somebody else pointed out that pork prices are skyrocketing, right? Bacon, the rest of it? You remember that was another law passed in California, that every pig has to have a 1,200-foot condo <laughs> with one-and-a-half baths and, and, and a view. And uh, free college. Right, exactly. Community college. If a swine wants to get a BS or a BA, it has to pay for that last two years. But, yeah, these these <laughs> utopian, pie-in-the-sky, unicorn-riding and or mobbed-up union goon laws that Cal Unicorn are passing are having serious economic effects right now. Enjoy. Yeah, it's funny. As often as I've heard about this whole backup at the port in L.A. and the supply chain stuff, nobody had mentioned that whole gig worker law playing a role. I've heard I've heard about the trucker shortage 500 times in the last six months, and nobody ever mentions AB5. It's either because most news these days is completely drive-by. I mean, as I often say, it's people with square jaws, white teeth, perky breasts, and or uh, you know, sparkling blue eyes who uh, who just read what's put in front of them. They have no understanding and either no interest or no time in digging at all. Popeye's Chicken with one of the most surprising partnerships of the year, which we'll mention. Trump made a statement yesterday. You'll have to decide whether or not you think it is good strategy or not. And armed robot dogs, oh, you know, cavorting all over the, the, the terra firma. Run for your lives. Mention this briefly before we take a break. There was a what they think was a terrorist attack uh, yesterday in Norway by a recently converted to Islam radicalized jihadist, it would seem. Anyway, he did it with a bow and arrow. A bow and arrow terrorist attack killed five people. Great, Scott. Yeah. That's something. Wow. I'm pretty sure it was a terrorism attack. In bow and arrow control. Anyway. Bow and arrow? Yeah. I'm, I'm th- I got this thing sticking out of me. I'm thinking, oh. what is this year? 1300? Oh, Am I yeah. going to die like this? Yeah, you're in pain. You're worried you're going to die and it'd take you off. You're the wait a second. Do I have an arrow in me? Yeah, that's brutal. Um, all those things we mentioned, including the robot dogs with guns on them. Um, oh, be- beware. All on the way next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
oldest person ever to go to space, which is amazing. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd love it when old people break records, you know? That's why so many people support Tom Brady. I mean, your grandpa can't throw like that. And if you ask me, 90 is actually the best age to go to space. Because what's the worst that can happen? You die? Yeah, so what? At 90, dying in a rocket is basically best case scenario. Yeah, it's insensitive. Um, yeah, I hope William Shatner does a longer interview about that whole how it changed his view of the world and death and all that sort of stuff. I'm kind of interested in that. Hmm. Um, Donald Trump with a statement that he put out yesterday that made the rounds. He can't tweet anymore, but he can put out statements and people pick them up. Quote, if we don't solve the presidential election fraud of 2020, which we have thoroughly and conclusively documented, Republicans will not be voting in 2020 in 22 or 24. It is the single most important thing for Republicans to do. Wow. So Trump coming out telling Republicans not to vote in 22 or 24 unless they fix the election uh, problems. That, I'm sorry, Trump fans, that's a ridiculous thing to say and awful. It's an odd strategy, especially as, I forget who said it the other day, God, Biden's handing Trump these issues on a platter. Afghanistan, the border, you know, the vaccine mandate stuff for the half of the country that hates that. The um, economy, inflation. The economy, inflation, the all just all the wokeism. Just so many great issues that Trump could riff on, but he's uh, sticking with the election was stolen stuff, which is not going to get you elected president. That other stuff could, actually could. Well, no, and the idea that Republicans shouldn't vote unless uh, the what the vote from twenty twenty gets overturned—that's ridiculous. And and it will get us perhaps a few more Democratic senators who will pass more socialist stuff that will scar this country forever. You know, so again, sorry, Trump fans, he's got to stop with this crap. Megan the Stallion is pairing with Popeye's chicken. For Megan the Stallion hottie sauce that you can get with the chicken. It is said to be a little sassy, just like Megan the Stallion. Ah, good. It was kind of funny till you got into the corporate speak. Then it made me sick. <laughs> much like uh, too much fried chicken, Will. Sure tastes good going down, but ooh, and then it starts to burble down there. Urgh, starting to feel a little funky. Urgh, urgh. Do love fried chicken though. Oh. How often do you eat fried chicken? Uh, twice in the last week. Really? Yeah, from the grocery store. I think I probably eat it once every three years. Oh. Maybe, maybe rarer than that. Yeah. Grocery, I don't know why either. Grocery store fried chicken, I find pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the thing about fried chicken is there's no gourmet, uh, you know, three Michelin star. I don't, I don't know how their stars work. Uh, restaurant. That that's known for the great fried chicken. Your grandma's known for her great fried oh, chicken. Oh, yeah. My, my kids have regularly said, what's your favorite food of all time? And I'd say my grandma's fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and gravy. Uh, it was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you understand this whole Zuckerberg story, how he spent $419 million on nonprofits that may have swayed the election? Are you following this? Uh, not really, no. I got into it yesterday, and it's pretty complicated. But during the 2020 election... Uh, Zuckerberg spent hundreds of millions of dollars, four hundred and nineteen million dollars, which you can do when you're, uh, you know, you got eighty million, eighty billion dollars on nonprofits that got around any sort of uh, election laws and that sort of stuff. And he funded targeted private takeover of government election operations by nominally nonpartisan nonprofit organizations. And uh, at least some people believe that was enough to sway the vote in Georgia where Biden won by only 12,000 votes, Arizona, where Biden won by 10,000 votes, and maybe Wisconsin. 
that he got in with these uh, nonprofits and you know them working to get people to the, the polls to qualify for the, the 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 funding and all these different things. Right, right. And he well, threw around crazy big money. Like you call up a nonprofit and say, "This is how much money we can get you." If you, by the way, something I need you to do a couple things for me. Sure. Uh, and uh, and and enough maybe to sway the election, which you might be legal, but uh, it should be something that we're all aware of. Right. Well, I, I tell you what, again, looking back to 2020, it is absolutely documented, written in stone, that there was an unholy coming together of uh, the legacy media, the Democratic Party, big tech, all sorts of PACs to, to influence America's uh, information flow to win the election. That is undeniable. Zuckerberg and company were at the heart of it. So it's possible, and I'll have to look into this more, but it's possible that one of the richest people on Earth was able to sway a presidential election with his own money. I'm surprised this hasn't happened yet or more often, where these people, I mean, if you got $150 billion like uh, Elon Musk, how come you can't get involved in politics and, and start turning elections? But we'll see if that's the future. Well, sure, you can start one or ten packs and finance them richly and have them spread out across the fruited plain, spreading their message. Yeah. Didn't get to the uh, armed robot dogs. We'll do that coming up. It's uh, it's really pretty interesting. The future of war is going to be, well, strange. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Will the global supply chain problem really hurt Joe Biden as it gets closer to Christmas? Will shoppers blame the president for the fact that the stuff they want to buy is not on the shelf? I don't know. That is, And, and he wouldn't be, obviously, um, solely to blame for the whole thing in any way, shape, or form. But you never know. That's just the way politics can break sometimes. Did you see that tweet from Ronald Klain, the White House Chief of Staff, yesterday? Uh, he t- retweeted a post from some Harvard professor that said, these economic problems we're having right now are high-class problems. Oh, boy. We had uh, higher unemployment and all. This is this. Is, everything's fine. Of course, if you I'm go to thinking, the... wow, wow, moms and dads going to the grocery store, living paycheck to paycheck, they don't feel like it's a high-class problem. And there ain't no toilet paper? That's not a high-class item. Pretty much everybody. <laughs> Like opinions, everybody needs toilet paper. Everybody's yeah, got one. Um, uh, yeah, that's interesting. The uh, guy from the RNC tweeted, struggling to pay for food, fuel, and housing because of rising prices is not a high-class problem. Biden is making everyone worse off, but instead of stopping the damage, their strategy is to gaslight Americans. Again, a term that needs to be retired immediately. So I don't know if it would be fair or not, but that could happen. Have you seen the ads for the new movie, The Last Duel? I'm pretty excited about that. It looks awesome. I have not. It's a Ridley Scott movie, uh, hoping to be his masterpiece. It's an old-timey guys-on-horses with, uh, you know, jousting sort of movie. And it just looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, just the the, the previews. And Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck wrote the script together. First time they've worked together uh, since Goodwill Hunting, and they won the Oscar. But mm. it's got some big stars in it and a big director in it. Just It's got the real cool look from a period piece, kind of a Braveheart-ish sort of thing. Wow, jousting. On the other yeah. hand, George Clooney's got a new movie out, and I just keep seeing all these uh, bits where he, how embarrassed he is about the fact that he was ever Batman, and he wishes nobody would ever watch the movie. He won't let his wife watch the Batman movie. Um, 
It's the most embarrassing thing he's ever done, particularly the bat nipples, which I'd never uh, noticed before. Hmm. But on the Batman outfit, there were, on his plastic thing, there were bat nipples. Bat nipples. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting decision, costume-wise. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. They're not really necessary. No, no. I mean, the real ones aren't really necessary. On a dude? No. On a dude. Much less on his, you know, ass-kicking superhero costume. Mm-hmm. Of course, Batman's not a superhero, uh, per se. Is he? I think I'm, he's considered a superhero, but uh, he's just a regular guy with cool cool stuff. Yeah, he stays in real good shape. He learns the various martial arts. He's got the cool gear. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. Kind of borderline there. So you've seen the, <coughs> excuse me, the cute dogs, uh, the robot dogs trotting around, right? Boston Dynamics puts out various videos uh, with not only humanoid robots that scare the poop out of me, but also charming-looking uh, robot dogs trotting about. Well, uh, don't be fooled. Like most things in humanity, they were developed either for pornography or killing people. <laughs> the two driving and, forces in all of technology. Yeah, really, sex and killing people. Um, according to this uh, Weapons and War website, which is pretty interesting, it's called The Drive, uh, Ghost Robotics and Sword International have teamed up to create a rifle-toting robot dog called the Special Purpose Unmanned Rifle, or SPUR. The system adds a 6.5-millimeter Creedmoor rifle to one of the Ghost Robotics quadrupedal unmanned ground vehicles, or QUGVs. Quadrupedal, four feet. Exactly. In other words, a robot dog. The Spur made its debut on the floor of the Association of the U.S. Army's annual convention in Washington, D.C., which opened yesterday. Um, long story short, it's a all-terrain, running, jumping robot with a high-power rifle mounted on its back. So why does Boston Dynamics try to pretend that they're doing this stuff for just a... Uh... S's and G's, uh, when they put out these videos of these robot dogs, and we all say, oh, that's cute, when really what they're doing is they're making a quadrupedal killing machine. Now, I, I don't know, this. Uh, Boston Dynamics is not involved in this story. I just, I've seen some of their videos, and they're making similar stuff. I gotta, so believe, I just, I gotta believe that's what's driving the technology. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Just why, yeah. Do, they, why do they need to pretend it's, uh, look, in the future, you'll have a household pet that's a robot. The weapon used in the spur module looks like it could have a sound suppressor fitted to the front end, which could make it more difficult for opponents to determine where the shooting might be coming from. Um, they mention how often the gun is used. And then let me scroll down. It's a super long article. Um, they believe these things are already in use uh, guarding Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida. Um, these dogs will be an extra set of eyes and ears while computing large amounts of data at strategic locations throughout Tyndall Air Force Base, said Air Force Major Jordan Chris. Uh, they will be a huge enhancement for our defenders and allow flexibility in the posting and response of our personnel. So obviously they have sensors and cameras and that sort of thing too, but so they're being used as guards, which is interesting. We could probably use a few of those at the border, but of course, you know, that's never going to happen, at least not under the uh, the current administration. Think, speaking of things that ought to be guarded, um, in fact, as long as uh, we're talking about the border, at least briefly, Michael, play clip 50. Make a mental note of these numbers, folks. You're going to have to do a little bit of math. The Biden administration has released more than 70,000 illegal immigrants into the U.S. in the last two months. 
That includes granting parole to nearly 32,000 illegal immigrants since August 6th, which gives them temporary legal status and eligibility for work permits. However, under federal law, parole for non-citizens is to be granted only on a case-by-case basis for urgent humanitarian reasons or significant public benefit. Former U.S. Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, who served under Presidents Trump and Biden, says the Biden administration's granting of parole to nearly 32,000 illegal immigrants in two months is unheard of, telling us in part, quote, I believe the administration is misusing parole authority. The sheer number of paroles being granted bring into question the review and approval process. As field chief, I don't believe I approved more than five to ten paroles in a year. Whoa. Wow. Or 32,000 in the last couple of months. And so the numbers there, 35,000 a month total let loose, including, it would seem, about half of them released under the pretext of this program that's supposed to be carefully doled out on an individual basis. And we've gone from five in a year to 32,000 in a couple of months. What did you say the approval rating was for Biden's handling of the border the other day? 23%. 28% on illegal immigration, generally 23% on the border. I said, yeah. you're kidding me. What are they doing? And then the big announcement all day yesterday that was uh, seen as news that we're now, for the first time in 18 months, allowing people from Canada and Mexico to come into the country if they're vaccinated. What a hilarious story if you don't mention the fact that tens of thousands are, are coming across every single month and we have no idea if they're vaccinated or, or rapists or we don't know anything about them. We don't know where they're from. Right, they're from 35 different countries, including notably Haiti. But now we've begun allowing people across the southern border. Yeah, we've noticed 35,000 a month, you lying liars. Boy, that's just that's just crazy talk. And anybody, who, and I'm sure virtually every mainstream news outlet who reported the story, left out the obvious, horrific, nearly ridiculous irony. Boy, we live in a post-truth world, don't we? Yeah, we do. Coming up, why everyone from Netflix to Pepsi is tweeting red flag emojis. What does that mean? Plus robot birds that shoot lasers out of their eyes. No, I don't have that. I haven't There's, heard there are not. I haven't heard this, but the headline is funny. Charles Barkley hilariously roasts Wayne Gretzky for losing a fight to a guy with a perm. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, trans community there at Netflix appears to be staging a walkout for uh, for a specified date over the Dave Chappelle special. We can bring you a little bit of that. A uh, just trying to decide whether I want to do this. We don't want to be the saddest, most serious show in America. No, but maybe I'll do it here before we go to break, just so that we can uh, cleanse our palate. So we easily. can leave people with a nice sad feeling. I don't know if that's my just theory, not. but I don't. I don't approve. Just so I'm we can disavowing. I disavow. Um, so there's this child actor that killed himself recently. I don't know Matthew Mindler. I don't know the show that he was on. Um, that doesn't really matter. Uh, lots of young people or people of any age have been killing themselves over the last couple of years. Uh, it's part of the deaths of despair we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he in particular um, ordered from sodium nitrate off of Amazon and used it to kill himself. That's not even the point of this story. The point of this story is I came across something yesterday, and um, I don't know... If I buy it or not, or maybe you'd have some interest in this. So with the growing numbers of people killing themselves, uh, there's more attention to the whole suicide problem. Mm -hmm. Um, You hear everywhere all the time. Oh, my gosh. You know, call your doctor and, uh, you know, uh, 
if it's an emergency, call 911. If you're thinking of harming yourself, call this number. I mean, every single time, look, I got a, a toenail problem. What, what are you talking about? I mean, it just it's everywhere all the time. And I came across a conversation yesterday where there's some belief in some quarters that we've become so aggressive about dealing with this that people aren't coming forward to talk about how miserable they are or how on the edge they are. In other words, if you come forward and, th- and say, yeah, I've been thinking about this lately, everybody goes into DEFCON 4, DEFCON 1. I never can remember which one it is. One, Def, I Def believe. Con one. Yeah, that's Every, one of those that counts up. Everybody goes into DEFCON 1 mode, and the next thing you know, you're 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 held against your own will in some hospital, and you got a, 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 people at work are looking at you funny, and, a, and you, you get a week off, and you're sent this and that. And that is causing people to not want to talk about it. Hmm. And so they're going further down the road of you know not getting help. Does that make any sense to you, or is there no way around that? Is it a catch-22? Maybe I didn't explain it well. People no, can't, I see what people, you're People at. can't come forward anymore and say, yeah, I'm so miserable. I've been thinking about offing myself. As soon as you say that as a young person, your life gets upended in such a way that makes you feel more ostracized and more miserable and more likely to go that direction than might have years ago when you'd have been able to say that and people just talked to you. And I don't think that's a good idea. Here's why. Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. No, I, I totally get what you're driving at, and it makes sense. And, and it's it smacks of a lot of the trends in our society these days where, you know, a couple of kids square off, throw a couple of punches. All of a sudden, the law's involved in the judicial system, and we just go full-blown crazy over everything. Whereas, you know, it's got to be dealt with officially by organizations and bureaucracies. And people can't make decisions anymore and deal with it themselves. Well, and every and, and some of it, a lot so much of it comes down to liability and I don't know what we ever do with that with our legal situation. Uh, I've been dealing with that for the last couple of weeks and all kinds of uh hospital stuff why you can't bring your own medicine from home, but he likes this medicine better. Well, sorry, we can't have you bring any medicine from home. Well, if he is at home with me, I'm going to give him that medicine. So, what but the, all these liability laws. So, if uh, uh, maybe like the Gabby Petito thing there where, you know, she gets in a fight with her boyfriend and they and they they, they might have a giant lawsuit coming because they didn't go with the full on lock them up. And maybe they should have in this case mm-hmm. um, full on lock them up, uh, separate them, that sort of thing. If you don't go the full mental health care route on somebody who says, I've been thinking about hurting myself, you get sued by their family if you didn't do that. Oh, boy. But I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. I just thought it was an interesting conversation that it might be. Way scarier now than it was a couple of years ago for somebody to say to a parent, a teacher, uh, a minister, a whoever, that, look, this is what I've been thinking about lately, and keep it between them without it becoming a giant thing that makes it more likely that you kill yourself or more likely that others keep it to themselves. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I sure as heck have no idea what the answer is on that. Oh, Um, boy. But it's an interesting one. Our text line, if you have any comments on any of this stuff, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Fast food chain Wendy's has announced a new partnership with Google to implement artificial intelligence to improve the quality of their restaurants. And if you want the chili, just click on feeling lucky. Yeah, it's been a busy week for the FDA. They released new guidance that's aimed at drastically cutting the amount of salt in the food we eat. 
In related news, McDonald's said, eh, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> Meanwhile, I saw that the head of Europe's top meat processor said that due to climate change, beef will eventually become a luxury product. In related news, McDonald's said, eh, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh, huh? oh, they have attorneys. <laughs> Oh, well. Wow. wow. Tell me it's not delicious. Yeah. yeah. That salt thing. I read that article. Yeah. What's, what's salt do to you? That... Raise your blood pressure. Uh, makes heart disease worse. Uh, it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like your salt shaker. It's all the salt that's in all prepared foods. There's mm-hmm. tons and tons of it. And they mentioned a couple of things, which are admittedly, let's see if I can find this real quick. Um that are admittedly kind of salty sounding. Here it is. Um, you're supposed to take in, is it uh, uh, 2,300 milligrams per day or less? It's about a teaspoon. I've never looked at my salt intake, so I don't know, have any idea if I'm way over that or average or what? Probably. If you eat prepared foods, you're over. Hmm. For instance, a single Quiznos classic Italian sub has two and a half times that much sodium. Oh, okay. Pizza Hut's nine-inch personal panormous meat lover's pizza. Can I have one right now? Nine inches? Okay. I guess that's a good starter. Is uh, more than one and a half times that much. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, not great for you. So, uh, let's see. I navigated away from what I wanted to talk about. Where is it? There it is. Okay. So, uh, looky here, would you? This is interesting. You remember U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland? Uh, and that that weird memo instructing the FBI to look into parents who confront school board administrators who might get threatening or a little too rowdy. It's almost like domestic terrorism, wrote. Well, they didn't say almost. They said it could be designated as domestic terrorism, said the National Association of School Boards, which is way, way left. So Merrick Garland responds that, yes, the Justice Department will look into this stuff. Well, what is the vast majority of the protest about there's been some mask mandate stuff and covid stuff but the majority of the really feisty stuff has been over the social justice warrior stuff the woke stuff the critical race theory call it what you want oh and just as an aside i've been meaning to talk about this i've seen this a couple of times in mainstream media outlets when Attention is being turned to these re-education camps that our schools have become and the social justice, which is injustice, and the the new racism that Ibram X. Kendi advocates and Robin D'Angelo. You know what I'm talking about. Whenever anybody says that's critical race theory, they say, well, we're not talking critical. We're not teaching critical race theory in schools. That's a obscure branch of, of a legal theory. It's taught in grad schools and colleges. We're not teaching that. But whenever they're advocating the woke stuff, the new racism, the white privilege, etc., they always cite critical race theory as the intellectual foundation of it. So it's a classic Mott and Bailey, then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They justify all this stuff they're re-educating the kids with uh, based on the scholarship critical race theory, but then when you call them on it, they deny they're teaching it. They're teaching the Ibram X. Kendi new racism. You could call it whatever you want. They're teaching it, so don't let them dodge you. Anyway, so Merrick Garland sends out this memo, which was uh, greeted with much uh, interest and derision, 
Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice uh, instructed uh, the FBI to initiate investigations of any parent uh, attending a local school board meeting who might be viewed as confrontational, intimidating, or harassing. Attorney General Merrick Garland's daughter is Rebecca Garland, who is married to a fellow by the name of Zan Tanner, X-A-N. Anyway, uh, he's the current He's the co-founder of a controversial education service company called Panorama Education. Panorama Education is the social learning resource material provider to school districts and teachers that teach critical race theory. Wait a minute. Yeah, the attorney general is instructing the FBI to investigate parents who might pose a financial threat to the business of his daughter and her husband. Hmm. And they show a New York Times article about the two of them and the company and the marriage. And Merrick Garland himself presided over the marriage, which I'm sure was a, a lovely ceremony. Um, uh, so the company helps schools, teachers, and staff deal with the modern challenges of, I'm quoting now, systemic racism by reimagining the way to social learning through an equity lens. And uh, these people do tens of millions of uh, dollars in business. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of school districts around the country. How odd. Well, if I had bet the way I thought a couple of months back on the Olympics, I think I would have lost some money, as it looks like we are going to participate in the Beijing Olympics. Armstrong and Getty.